All right, what did I learn today to become a better communicator? I think I'll just start off with one of the things that I was thinking about throughout this morning, and then I kind of forgot to work on it during my wildfire forecast, but it's something that I really want to work on moving forward, and I'm even going to work on during the recording of this podcast right now, and that's the use of pace, or you could also call it rhythm. There's a right way and a wrong way to go about using pace and rhythm in your communication. The wrong way is to be what what I've heard some anchors call sing-songy, where you are talking like this and it's all kind of flowing together. That's not what I mean by good rhythm. It, so that's what you would call sing-songy because it sounds kind of flowy and it's not natural. Nobody talks like that in their normal life. Now, what is good rhythm, though, is when the words you're saying do have some some kind of, like, beat to it, almost a little like you're freestyling, but it's not because you're flowing the words together. It's because you're changing the speed at which you say words. So, for example, you could talk very fast like this, and then you slow it down. That has a little bit of a rhythm to it. And that's what I want to work on in the future. It's much more pleasurable to listen to someone who's constantly changing their pace. The key part there, though, is it can't be in a contrived way. If you notice that when you're talking to just your friends, you're constantly changing your pace. What you're trying to do when you're giving a speech or a wildfire forecast or a weather forecast is to mimic the way you talk in normal life as much as possible. And it's amazing because that should just be the easiest thing to do. You just say, just talk normally. But there's something about when the camera turns on, when they say three, two, one, live, what, whatever it is, there's something about that or when you're talking in front of people that you just change it up. And the key to not change it up, to try to talk normally, is to just think about whatever you're saying. You're not saying it to a group. You're not saying it to an audience. You're saying it to an individual. You might be saying it to a group of individuals, but each person is only hearing what you're saying through their own ears. So while it might be one to 30,000, in reality, it's really one to one 30,000 times. It's, that's crucial to understand right there. Now, something else that I thought about communicating today that actually came to me in a dream last night. I'm not going to go into the whole dream because, well, I hate when people do that. I'll just say what the lesson was. The lesson was that when you're communicating, don't just tell people what they need to know. Explain to them why it's important that they know it. So when it comes to a wildfire, or I'll deal with a weather forecast, because that's especially true for the Central Coast, because it's not all that critical on most days, I'll put it that way. So an example of this would be me giving my weather forecast, like I've been doing the last few weeks, and saying, all right, now if we look at the water vapor imagery, you can see all of this moisture flowing into Southern California. That's called a monsoonal flow, and 
It can lead to some thunderstorms. Doesn't look like that's finding its way up to the central coast. So that's telling people what they need to know. Now, the flip side of that, what I realized in my dream of, it's also important to tell people why they should know it. That would be following up that statement with, all right, the reason that we'd even look at monsoonal flow is because it leads to thunderstorms. And when you have thunderstorms during summer, when the fuels are dry, you get lightning sometimes, and that lightning can spark wildfires. That's why we're following this monsoonal flow, and that's why it's important. That is an important thing to say because otherwise people could watch your entire forecast and be like, I didn't really need to know any of that. So, and it also doesn't just apply to weather forecasting. I just used that as an example. But this is a principle you can use throughout anything that you're communicating about. This is what I'm saying, and this is why I'm saying it. <laughs> and it gives a better punch to what you're saying if you explain why you're saying it. That was just a little thing that I thought about there. Now, the biggest thing that I actually noticed in my wildfire forecast today, overall pretty routine throughout the day today. I actually wasn't going to do another forecast on the Oak Fire because, well, there hasn't been that many changes on it because the fire is thank thankfully dying down at this point. I did want to do another one today though because yesterday in my forecast I think I talked about this in the podcast yesterday where I thanked Cal Fire and in reality it's great to thank Cal Fire but there's also a dozen or so other agencies working on this fire and I basically just ignored all of them and gave all the credit to Cal Fire so there was two things that I wanted to practice in today's forecast video one was getting a little bit more of that operational knowledge, what kind of information is actually going on on the ground with our resources, with CAL FIRE, with all those agencies involved, and try to pull that into the video a little bit. So that's exactly what I did. I watched one of the CAL FIRE updates, it was like three minutes, and then I also looked at the incident report that they put out usually twice a day. I read it, and then I even figured out what the most important sentence of that incident report was, and then I included that in the video. So I got a little bit of that operational aspect in, because I recognized yesterday that that is my weak point. Because a lot of times that's the hardest thing to find information on, but that's also an excuse because the information is out there. You just need to look for it, analyze it, and communicate it. That was one of the things that I focused on there. And then second, I also just wanted to do another update so that I could correct that error from yesterday and say, hey, I made a mistake. It's not just CAL FIRE. It's all these agencies. And I showed the list of them. And I said, this is who we have to thank. And I think the lesson there is that don't be afraid to admit when you make a mistake. Because the reason you're communicating is to practice communication. And the best way to sometimes get better at something is to realize when you make mistakes and correct them. So that's exactly what I did there. Now, finally, 
I do just want to talk about kind of making a habit of communication. Even, I noticed this especially before my video yesterday and before my video today, I took a day off on Monday and it kind of interrupted the, the habits that I'd been building of every single day do a wildfire forecast. Every single day produce a video. So because I took that day off, my habits got disrupted. And before making my videos the last two days, I thought to myself, eh, all, all the reasons for not doing it. Eh, there's not much going on in the fire. I should take another break. I've been working very hard recently. Um, you know, there's other things that I could be doing right now, like, and if I take this break right now, then I'll be super refreshed tomorrow and I'll do a really good video tomorrow. All those clat, basically just rationalizing, not becoming better at communication. That's really what it comes down to. The key thing there to recognize though, is that you have two paths that you can take. One path is listening to those, you call them excuses rationalizations, whatever you want to call it. You could listen to those and instead of making the video, maybe you read a book. That's how you justify it. Oh, I'll, I'll just read this book instead. Or you make the video and you practice communication. The key thing that I pointed out yesterday was when you have one of those forks in the road where you don't know the right thing to do, look at both situations, create a little avatar of yourself following the steps and or following the actions in both of those scenarios and then say if I follow these two different paths by the end of the day which of those avatars is a better communicator usually that makes it a much more clear-cut choice of what the right thing to do is so you're identifying your major goal and then you're figuring out which pathway optimizes your betterment and your progress towards that goal. So if your goal is to become the best communicator that you can be, follow the path that leads to you becoming the best communicator that you can be. Here's the important thing about building habits though, because that's what you want to do. You want to make a habit of practicing communication because then it just comes second nature, it becomes easy, and you don't need willpower every time you go to make a video because... You don't always have willpower. You don't always have discipline. Sometimes you are just exhausted. But you want to be able to still get better at communicating on the days where you're not feeling 100%. And the way you do that is by making a habit of it. Now the key to making a habit is understanding that you have your thought, you have your action, and you have a reward. So let's go through the two different paths there. You have the thought of, maybe I'll just watch a movie instead of making a video. If you engage in that action, then you get the reward of the little bit of dopamine that's released when you watch the movie, and then that thought is reinforced, and it becomes much more likely in the future that that thought's going to not only pop up in your mind again, but that you're most likely going to engage in that action again to get that reward once again. A positive reinforcement loop. Now, the same can happen, though, making a video. You get the thought, oh, I should make a video. You engage in the action, you make the video, and you get the reward of 
think it's still dopamine there, but it's really just a sense of achievement that you get knowing that you did exactly what you were supposed to do. And then that builds itself into its own little habit loop. It's thought, action, reward. I'd call them tar loops. The key thing here, though, is that you need to recognize that if you engage in the wrong tar loop, if you engage in the wrong action, you're reinforcing that thought and behavior and you're making it harder on yourself in the future. If you do the opposite and you engage in the right behavior, you're reinforcing that kind of thought. So you're making it easier for yourself to become a better communicator in the future. Hopefully I worded that okay. I'm short on time right now, so I might have rushed through that a little bit. But that is a very critical idea that if I did rush through it, this won't be the last time that I talk about it. Guarantee it, because that is one of the keys to becoming the best version of yourself, is watching your thoughts, actions, and the rewards that you're giving yourself, because that's largely going to to determine where you end up. So to summarize, make a habit, make a habit of becoming a better communicator.